Hello and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast from me, Peter Pratt, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And boy, oh boy, the OG is back in the house. Aram Layton is joining me. People were asking, where's he gone? He's back. He's back. He <laughs> promised to do an ad read. Well, he hasn't, but I'm going to try and see if he will. Aram, how you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. It's so awesome to be on here on the other side now. And uh, man, we were talking about it off the air, but I got to give you the uh, the public uh, little plug too. I mean, you have not, you could not have gotten off to a better start with this show, man. I'm loving what you're doing. Uh, it's so fun to be on the other side and just watch what you're doing. And um, you're grinding away. And I love it. And I love it. The episodes, I mean, going with Mish out of the gate, that was a, that was a bomb. Like it was, it was just so much fun to see you get going, man. And especially in a tough time. Uh, so I can't wait to see your coverage through the season. And I'm just so glad the show is in uh, the best hands possible. I was really sad when I, you know, unfortunately had to step away. And I, I really, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I, I was so happy that it went to somebody like you that I knew would just really have the passion and the care and, you know, really put time into it because I mean, this is a special thing to be able to do. It's a lot, but it is a special privilege. And I can tell you, you already freaking love it. I can tell. <laughs> Absolutely. Appreciate the kind words. So listen, the question on everyone's lips um, is what's Aram Layton doing now? Where is he? Where can I get in? Where can I get my Aram Layton content right now? Give, give everyone where, where can they get you? What should they be following? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, you know, big reason why I wasn't able to keep up with the schedule anymore as much is just uh, with just baseball.com launching and the just baseball show. And uh, of course, I host a podcast outside the box with Jeff Conine. Uh, so we get a lot of our older Marlins talk into that. And of course, we'll bring Griffin on and talk some current Marlins, too. But uh all of that stuff, just launching my, my own uh, baseball media company has really been a dream come true. And, and I wouldn't have done it unless my job disappeared, which it did. You know, I was supposed to broadcast in the minors uh, during COVID and then there was no minor league season. And that's how the Just Baseball thing came about. And it just exploded in a way I never thought it would. And, um, you know, it was really hard to, to leave the Marlins niche, especially with just, you know, the connection. I know you see it. You have such a good connection with the Marlins fans, too. It's, it's a really close community. And uh, it was so hard to leave it. And, and I'm so thankful for everybody that, you know, helped get the show off the ground, you know, and starting it. Uh, and, and that just followed along the way. And I know you're going to welcome and usher in so many more fans and so many more listeners uh, but I did want to just take a, a second to to thank everybody for all the time and, and listening to the podcast and and everything they that they did to help support it and make it so fun. And, uh, you know, if you want to keep up with me personally, uh, the Just Baseball Show is something that I, it's been really fun seeing that take off. And of course, I'll be writing Marlins articles and Marlins stuff at JustBaseball.com, as well as Ethan Badowski as well, who we're really excited to have on the staff from another Fish Stripes alum. So uh, appreciate the uh, the question there. And uh yeah, it is. It is surreal to be back on on the other side, and and I, I can't wait to just start talking Marlins with you. Hundred percent. And when I when I got into it, I realized you've done over two hundred episodes of Locked On Eyes. Over two hundred. Yeah. Insane numbers. It's so crazy, man. Because you think about over the duration of those two hundred episodes, right? Like the highs, the lows, yeah, the twenty twenty season. Uh, how many of those I probably complained about Jonathan VR and then how those complaints turned into Jorge Alfaro complaints, but then also like the, the excitement around the pitching and the prospects. And like, there's just, you think about 200 episodes, 30 minutes of pop, how many takes and uh, breakdowns and things that go into it. And uh, 
I can't wait to listen to all of yours because I know you're going to get to 200 in, in no time. And I don't think people realize it because you shot me a message. And before you took over, you're like, you know, this is what I'm thinking. You know, is this going to be a lot? And I'm like, yeah, it is a lot. Uh, and with the time change, you know, it might be tough with the time difference out in the UK. But you, you've been up for the challenge. And I mean, like, you wouldn't know that you have to deal with different hours and you have to deal with different things. And I love the schedule that you map out and everything. Um, you know, somebody said, someone replied to one of your tweets. It was like, locked on Marlins has never been in better hands. You post every day. You got the content schedule. And I was like, you know what? He's right. He's right. Peter's way more organized than I was. I was like haphazard with that stuff. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, I can't wait to, to see what's next. And hopefully uh, I'll be able to come on every once in a while and we'll be talking about positives because I talk about the ups and downs. I think there's going to be a lot more positives this year. Of course, of course, assuming we have a season, I think we will. Uh, I have a good feeling. I, I do have a good feeling this year and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I do too. Well, let's, let's get into some Marlins talk then. Why not? Perfect time. Uh, Craig, as, as you mentioned, Craig was on the show earlier this week. I thought this comment, uh, I think is a good place for us to start based on that intro. You know, he, he described, I think the Marlins are maybe feels like they're 50% done perhaps this off season. I, I, I think I agreed with him, like in terms of what we've, what's already been executed. Um, so how would you assess, I guess the pre lockout activity from the Marlins thus far? Yeah. I mean, look, you can, you can say maybe that they didn't make the, the big splash yet, right? Like we wanted the big trade. We wanted the Cedric Mullins. We wanted the Cattell Marte. But you know what? At the same time, you don't want to force that, right? Like you don't want to just, just force a mega deal, go Dave Dombrowski style and empty the farm just for the sake of emptying the farm. I'm yeah. all about trading prospects in the right spot, but things might look a lot different on the other side of the lockout. Teams might be more willing to make deals. There might be more players available. Not when you're operating on this deadline that we're not normally used to. So I'm okay without the big splash, assuming that there's going to be a move on the other side. Uh, Vesel Garcia, you know, I, I like the move. I, when you look at the money, it's, it's a bit steep. But you know what? The Marlins are spending money. They said they were going to do more this offseason, and so far they've done it. Uh, you know, and, and that's, I think, all you can ask for. No matter what you feel about Garcia, whether you think he's worth that kind of money or not, he's objectively a big boost to this lineup, right? I mean, he's a great athlete for his size. He's got power. Uh, he's going to be a guy that can run a little bit on the bases in terms of stretching from first to third and giving that athleticism that the Marlins were kind of lacking in speed in general. Um, not that he's going to swipe bags, but just having that excitement and that athleticism all around. They say he can play center. I, I'm, I'm hoping that's not the scenario. I'm sure I, you've talked about that too. Like yeah. in a pinch, sure. That's I don't want a six foot five, two fifty guy. I know he moves really well, but that that guy just is not nimble enough for center field. So assuming they make a, a move in center and the bullpen, I think you know we're so fixated on center field, we forget about the bullpen that needs to be addressed. But speaking of the two hundred locked on Marlins episodes, if you go about one hundred fifty episodes back, it's probably the first time I asked for Jacob Stallings, and I probably asked for him every seven episodes since then up until the end. So I'm very happy about that one. Uh, I'm very happy that they got Stallings, uh, not to mention the offensive boost that he will give them, even if he is just an average hitter compared to what they had. I mean, the defense too, his framing, his ability to call games with the Marlins staff. I mean, dude, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's they're going to be putting up a lot of low scoring games on their end for sure. hundred percent. He talked about that in his presser. I'm sure of that where, you know, he was just excited. I mean, who wouldn't be excited an elite defensive catcher, the best defensive catcher in Major League Baseball, perhaps, coming into yep. one of 
already established one of the best pitching staffs with a huge upside as well to go with that. So Stallings must be thinking, this is like Christmas for me. He's absolutely pumped, no doubt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see, you know, what he can help bring out of some of the young guys. Like you said, you talk about the upside, you know, what, what kind of experience does Stallings bring to the table there? Um, how, how is his rapport going to be with Sandy? I imagine it's going to be spectacular, but imagine the way he's going to be able to steal strikes. Not that Sandy needs any help. You're stealing a few strikes a game for Sandy as well. I mean, it's just going to be unfair. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. That's going to be poetry in motion. And I don't think Marlins fans realize how much of a difference it makes. At least I felt like I didn't realize how much of a difference it makes until I watched postseason baseball because I got so numb to watching Marlins subpar defensive catchers uh, for, for so long over the last couple of years that when you watch the postseason, and, and I know Martin Maldonado can't hit water if he fell out of a boat, but you're just watching him behind the dish and how he helps the staff and, and what he does back there and the trust that these pitchers have to be able to spike one 58 feet uh, and know that he'll block it. Like I'm really excited for the Lizardos of the world that will have that trust too and, and see how that kind of helps him, you know, develop as well. So it's going to, it's going to be fun. I think so far those moves, I, I'm overall a fan and I'm excited to see what's next. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I think uh, you've hit on it for me, the bullpen and Kim already talked about it in advance of the lockout saying, listen, we haven't, we just haven't focused in on the bullpen yet. We've been fo- focused in other areas and we're executing uh, Craig's already mentioned there's a bomb in the works with an AL team. He'll say no more, but he believes that the Marlins were close on a bomb. The big splash you mentioned too. And he said it was with an, an AL team. It got me thinking, well, who could that be? I was straight on Cedric Mullins. I was like, I mean, that is the most obvious AL bomb out there for the Marlins right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, would you be happy with that one if Mullins was the guy? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> and you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing people, you know, kind of debate it and split hairs and, and, and here's my like quick, nutshell run and I know you've gone over this pretty well too but the one thing I would say is you know you look at Cattell Marte some injury concern I mean he's the best offensive guy that you could possibly get but the D-backs have already talked about it alone on their end internally like hey we are probably going to phase him out of center field a little bit play him more at second play him a little bit more in other places so if that's what the D-backs feel do the Marlins want to take that risk for how much they're going to have to give up for this guy he's already not the best center fielder and there's some health liability there Trust me, I'll be over the moon if they get Cattell Marte. He's exciting, and we'll figure it out. Uh, but Cedric Mullins is a guy that's a plus defensive center fielder. People say, oh, but it was only one year. But it also was the year that he stopped switch hitting. And when you stop switch hitting, it allows you to focus on one swing. It allows you to eliminate the side that was really taking away from your overall production. And the left side was the stronger side. You hit two-thirds of your ABs from over there. Now he can focus on that. Clearly it worked. And, and I'm very sold on those results. So Cedric's number one for me. And yeah, it's going to take, it's going to take a lot, but the Orioles need pitching. Uh, they know they need pitching and they've got, they've got some guys in the system. I know that they like outfield wise. Uh, I, I think that's, that's the match that makes the most sense. It'll hurt a little bit. It'll be steep, but I think he's worth it. Yeah. Do the Marlins, do you think in terms of the system, have they got the ammo to get it done? The Marlins? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It will, again, it'll hurt. Uh, but they've got the ammo. I mean, it, it's hard to to envision many other teams that can offer the amount of pitching that the Marlins can. And uh, I know people are saying, you know, don't give up this guy, don't give up that guy. I think in a deal, man, like you're trying to win now. You're trying to to build a winner. You can't keep all these pitchers anyways. Like I think you got to put something together and you got to be okay with moving just about anybody. Uh, in a deal, there's so many arms in this system. There's already so many arms at the big league level. You locked Sandy up. Pablo's not going anywhere for a while unless they find him in a 
perfect trade scenario. Mm-hmm. Everybody's under control at the big league level, and you've got prospects that are either close to big league ready or knocking on the door. You got to be okay with it with partner. You got to give to get. And I think that's the most clear give to get opportunity here uh, for the Marlins if it's going to answer center field. Yeah, completely with you. Speaking about that, let's get into our first ad. Let's get into our first US ad with a British twist. And listen, Stamps.com. Was Stamps.com, were they around when you were uh, when you were hosting the show? No, I can't oh, help boy. you with this one. I can't help you with this one. I know oh, they got some, some fire socks, but th- this is all you. This is it. Well, listen, you, you called it out. Socks boxes, that is, that is their calling card. Um, I, I, I hadn't heard of them before. Um, so I was like, well, who are these guys? A, they deliver to the UK, so that's a tick. Second, it is fire, <laughs> fire merchandise. It is like in your face, colors, designs, you name it. So anyway, let's, let me tell you about stance.com. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical rein- reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators, for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. They're making me work with this one for sure. (laughs) So listen, I've already called it out. The Princeton boxer, Miami Vice vibes. Absolutely. Get in and check that out. Let me know what you're seeing, what you're liking. But Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. But those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register an account at stance.com. Get 15% off your first order. Use promo code locked on. That's all one word locked on at checkout for your 15%. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. Are you, <clears throat> let, let's kind of lean on to your kind of prospect side. I know it's a big part of you know, your passion. Yes. Are there any, are there any, and this may be a tough one to answer, but are there any Marlins prospects that you feel are maybe like overranked right now or that are overprojected in terms of what you see, particularly some of these arms maybe that may be talked about in these, some of these packages? You think, actually, I see them a, a little bit lower than that. And, you know, let's try and cash in on maybe that, that hype now, if that makes sense. No, that's a great question. And, you know, the, the one guy that I was saying that a lot about going into last year prior to all the injury issues was was Eliezer Hernandez, right? Like mm-hmm. that's somebody I think is good, not great. And he's not a prospect, but that was someone I was hoping they would sell on. Uh, obviously, now they're at a point where it's going to be hard to get value for him. Uh, and, and that's somebody that you might just be better off holding on to at this point. Uh, when you look at the prospect side, I, I love Yuri Perez. I, I think finally we're seeing the industry come around to, to where he should be in terms of his value. And I think he's up there with anybody in the Marlins system. Max Meyer to me is still one of the better pitching prospects in baseball, but I also do feel like there's a level of this, uh, this, this belief that he is this can't miss uh, flat out frontline ace guy. Uh, I don't know if he's quite there yet. Like I think he's a top, 35 top 40 prospect, but I, I don't know if he's this untouchable future ace that we're making him out to be like, this is, he still has a lot of progress to make with, with the changeup as a third pitch, the fastball got pulverized a little bit. And, and I hope this doesn't come off as me saying, I don't believe in Max Meyer. I think he's a stud and he's obviously been fantastic, but the over-reliance on the slider is something that very few make work with a breaking ball. Like Lance McCullers made it work through 26 curveballs in a row, uh, but he had a bit of a learning curve. And I, 
I was surprised to see the data on Myers fastball because remember when he got drafted, we were talking more triple digits, like 97, 98. Maybe, maybe he was trying to, you know, focus on the command a bit more after getting off to a bad start with the command. All this to say, I love Meyer. I think he's one of the better pitching prospects in baseball, but he's not Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles, Shane Boz of the Rays type of untouchable, I think, uh, at this juncture. And, and I think that that's something that I'm, I'm okay with trading him uh, in the right scenario. And that might put me in a little bit of the minority there. I know that one. Well, that's it, it's let, let's get into a specific deal that, that's been talked about. It was talked about at the actual deadline. It's been talked about since the Brandon Marsh, Max Meyer deal. The Angels, <laughs> the Angels pulled away from it. It was there. They pulled away. It didn't happen. Marlins fans are sitting on going, listen, I'm not making that deal. We love Max Meyer. The Angels fans are going, no, 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 we love Brandon Marsh. Everyone loves their own player, their own prospect. Yeah. That makes sense. But listen, objectively, from your perspective, you know, how would you, if that deal were to come back together, how do you think that would work out for the Marlins? Yeah, another one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I'm going to have, you set me up for this one. No, I I, I, you had to ask it. You had to ask it. I to. Look, I, I'm obviously a big, big Brandon Marsh guy. And, and that's uh, very evident. And, and I know people um, probably see me a little bit more high on, on him than, than others, uh, you know, in the, in the prospect industry, I guess. But my, my thing with Marsh is this, is like, he's exactly, you know, what the Marlins need. That guy can slot in, be your leadoff hitter. He's going to play elite defensive center field. Uh, I think he has more power than, than, you know, he made it out to be early on. He was still kind of finding things, I had some bad batted ball luck still produced a slightly below average WRC plus at 86, but he's somebody that's going to give you elite defense right out of the gate. And at the worst case is like Kevin Kiermaier at the absolute worst, in my opinion. And I think at the best case, you're going to get a lot more offensive upside, which I fully expect is some major offensive upside. I mean, Marsh is one of the fastest guys in the game and, and a sweet swing from the left side and still trying to find that consistent lift. He's got power. I would say this. I would rather package Meyer for a can't miss uh, center fielder or, you know, a guy that had a fantastic year like Cedric Mullins. You're going to have to give up more, but I'd rather use Meyer as the main chip for a more established guy. But if it came down to it and that was the swap they had to do, I'm not upset with it because yeah. Are you giving up a little bit more than maybe I'd want? Sure. But sometimes you got to give to get. And uh, that just seems like a perfect a perfect matchup there. I know people might not like it, but uh, I'd rather go Meyer in a bigger deal, but I'd be okay with that swap uh, just because my, even if Marsh isn't raking right away, he's, he's giving you big league value in center field. No doubt about it. hundred percent. What about uh, the other angel that was kind of loosely talked about as well at the same time as Joe Adele, like he, he had a bit of a sticky 2020, like came up and was rough, you know, offensively defensively but I felt like he you know performed in again a small sample size in 21 but Joe yeah. Adele where do you sit on him yeah you know I'm so glad you brought him up because I feel like he's been this like forgotten guy all yes, of a sudden he, he was one of the top prospects in baseball uh, Joe Adele the one the one weird thing has been his arm strength kind of diminishing uh, I, that that has been a bit of a surprise to me you talk about the defense like he was supposed to be a very good defender out there that's what I'm a little bit confused on I don't know if injuries I don't know if he was taking some of the struggles of the plate out to the field, but he made some adjustments with his swing and his pre-swing that I really like. You know, we talk about the J.J. Bode adjustments. Mm -hmm. Bode had a lot of movement and things going on that were difficult to time up. 
Joe Adele had even more, uh, but he was a great athlete and made it work uh, because those guys can get away with more, but it just, he wasn't getting away with it in the big leagues. He was swinging through fastballs down the middle. The Joe Adele I saw last year through AAA and the big leagues was a different guy. And, and that's not to say that I think he's can't miss, but I do think that his outlook is much better. The question is, are the Marlins in a position to just add another guy into the fold? That's, you know, is he that different than Jesus Sanchez, right? Like crazy raw power has shown a little bit of an ability to do it at the big leagues. We think he's going to be good, but like, would you be shocked if he, if he struggles again? Like not necessarily. And, and that's the only reason why I'm a little bit hesitant. It's like, we're throwing another volatile guy into the mix. And I think they need to find the non-volatile guys, right? Like they've got so many volatile guys. Let's find some of the safer bets out there. Uh, but uh, as Adele is like an isolated guy, much better, uh, I think, and, and definitely much improved outlook on him moving forward. Listen, bring me the chaos. This show needs chaos, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> bring me Joe and Al, no problem. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, let's- <laughs> More strikeouts. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm done with strikeouts. Georgie Alfaro can take all the strikeouts with him over to San Diego <laughs> for sure. And, and that's that's another interesting piece. Like, I, I do feel I'm intrigued to see what kind of guys they add. It feels to me they're going a bit more contact. The strikeouts have just been, like, crazy for the Marlins the last few years. Like, you know, the power's not been good. Run production in general has been terrible. Bottom three. Power, bottom three. But strikeouts, top three, like... It's just a terrible mix, um, a terrible, terrible mix. And they need to really look for a different profile of hitter, I think, fundamentally. There's just been too many. Absolutely. And, you know, people point out the swing and miss with, with Marsh, but that's one of the reasons why I actually like Marsh is I'm not worried about the swing and miss. Like, he was another guy that you, know, you come up to the big leagues, your first stint. Look at Jared Kalanick. He really struggled out of the gate. And then over the last month was incredible for a team making a playoff run. I think it's kind of similar with what we'll see with Marsh is that, a whole settle in uh, with the contact ability. Like they need those bat to ball proven guys that get on base. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's hard to find and you got to give up those major pitching prospects. The one thing I will say though, is I, I know Mish has talked about this a little bit too. And like the Marlins are still looking for the center fielder. I don't think they're going to bank on Peyton Burdick being able to go out there, but I, I do feel pretty strongly that, that's part of the reason why they're okay with worst case scenario, starting Garcia out there is they're expecting Burdick to, to be able to contribute at some point next year. And from what I've heard, uh, you know, from, from pretty good source is that they turned down a lot of calls, uh, like a lot of moves that they were looking to make throughout, you know, this entire lead up into the lockout. Mm. A lot of teams were asking on Burdick, yeah. a lot of teams. And they were saying, no, like Burdick's not going anywhere. And that's part of the reason why I think we unfortunately saw Meisner go is a lot of teams were calling on outfielders like Burdick's not going to happen, but we'll give you our other athletic high upside outfielder that doesn't have as much of a track record in the upper levels. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that speaks volumes. I think the Marlins are getting a lot of calls on Burdick. They said every prospect's on the table and they're not parting with him right now. Uh, so I think that kind of says a little bit, but at the same time, you can't roll the dice like that. You, you got to have somebody proven out there. And, and that's where I'm interested to see where they go. And there's a few different ways they can go still. Yeah. And wrapping things up with your US ads with a British twist, my good friends at Bet Online AG. Bet Online has your has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. 
Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. That's all one word locked on from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage for all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, just just speaking about, you know, colorful dudes, etc. I just want to ask you about Jazz Chisholm and talk about center fielders. There was, you know, this hasn't come from the Marlins or anyone. This is just hyperbole knocking around. But yeah. talk about Jazz in center field. If you if you if you're desperate, you know, could it work? <laughs> Look, I I I that's something that I saw and I never really thought of. And I was like, wow, mm. you know, that's not a bad idea. I mean, the guy struggled at second base. Uh we'll see if he can play shortstop long term. If he struggled at second, yeah, I'd have your questions at shortstop long term. We know he can fly. We know he's got a flair for the dramatics and can make the big plays. We know he's got a good arm. I don't mind it. And with his bat, you know, I think it would be fun. I I think his speed would play out there. I think it would take a little bit of time to learn. Um, But I think if all came to it, that's not the worst scenario because Joey Wendell can plug right in at second base. Uh, And and now you have a really dynamic, one of the most dynamic young center fielders in the game. If he ends up even being a decent defensive center fielder, I don't think that's the worst plan ever. I really don't. I, I think it's incredibly unlikely because we haven't heard anything from the Marlins side, but I love it. Like I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I would love to see him just try it in spring training and see how he looks because again, the speed would really shine through out there, I think. Yeah. And, and the arm too. I think it would be a blast. Agreed. I'm totally with you. I'd, I'd love to see him at least try it. I, I did. I did ask him on Twitter to see what his thoughts were, but I think he's in the Bahamas right now, kind of loosening up. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see on that. But, you know, let's think back to two seasons ago, Jonathan VR was trotted out there on opening day in center field. So boy, oh boy, like the Marlins aren't adverse to trying, you know, anything to get someone in the lineup. So I don't know, maybe. I, I'd be willing to try it. And, and on, the, on the polar opposite, and, you know, I think AL team, and this is somebody that I think is is a little bit clouded uh, because of just the recent things that have happened with him. But Ramon Laureano, oh. you know, over in Oakland, of course, he gets the PED suspension, right? And unless he was taking PEDs since the day he came up into the big leagues, like the guy can still swing it. The guy has always been able to swing it since when he was a prospect, you know, and and not to mention that he is a gold glove caliber center fielder. But now also brings the ability. I mean, he hit 24 home runs in 2019. If you want to chalk it up to steroids, okay. He hits you 10 to 15 home runs with elite defense and center field and plus speed. You could probably get him cheap given that Oakland's burning it down. Uh, They will probably make everybody available. And let's be real. Loriano is probably at the lower end of his value because of the fact that he was suspended for PEDs. I don't think it's that risky because the PDs don't help you play defense. And we know that he has a good approach overall and that he can hit. I, I don't think the PEDs really helped him that much. I think it was more of a stay on the field thing. And that could be the question you have, but he's under control until 2025 w- with the defense that he brings out there and the speed. If the price isn't, if you can keep Max Meyer in, in a deal to, to go get Ramon Laureano, 
I mean, I think it's a no brainer. I don't know why that, that name hasn't been discussed more personally. I love it. And actually that was one of the questions. So, you know, I haven't asked you the question, but you've answered it already. <laughs> I don't even know if I saw that one. It was one of the questions was, you know, who the center field fits and potentially ones we haven't yet heard about. And there we go. Ramon Laureano. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it too. It is, it's the PED thing clearly, but the control is there. So that fits the profile, the control. The defense is is elite. We know that. Offensive production. Listen, what you just mentioned then, 15 bombs, you know, decent contact. It's Starling Marte. Like, that's a kind yeah. of Starling Marte profile, right? Yeah, it's not It's not far off at all. I mean, he's a one, 118 WRC plus in his career. Um, and, you know, if he's hovering around there, that's where Marte was for most of his career until this insane season last year. <laughs> like, when the Marlins acquired Marte, that's kind of more of what they were expecting. Yeah. Uh, until he turned into a superstar on the other age of 30 on the other side of 30. Uh, but yeah, I really think that that's a very similar mold. And again, he's only t- just turned 27 years old. I think that's an interesting buy low candidate uh, given that a lot of the other guys with his kind of ability and, and also proven ability already are going to cost you guaranteed Max Meyer. Plus you might be able to pull this off without giving up Max Meyer. And in that case uh, it's, it's gotta be worth considering. It has. It, listen, how about this one? Just kind of left field here. Loriano for Lozado. <laughs> <laughs> Just send him right back. Poor send guy. Back. <laughs> listen, I think the A's, it was, I mean, looking back on that trade, I, I still think that was a stunning trade for the Marlins, by the way. Like I loved it at the time. Um, I love, I love it still. Like it was, it was a great deal. And will the Marlins will look back on that as a great deal for years to come, I think. A hundred percent, because of course, Marte continued to just take his game to another level mm-hmm. with Oakland to the point where it was just like hindsight's 2020. What I really liked about the move is what it represented too. I think it clued us into the fact that they were actually going to finally spend in this off season when they ate the rest of Marte's salary in order for Oakland to, to be willing to give up Wizardo. People took it as like Oakland's giving up on Wizardo. I don't think that's what it was. There's a reason why the Marlins ate the, the $4 million or whatever exactly it was. It was that that was the only way they were going to get Jesus Lazardo. And for Oakland, that money moved the needle. And, and, you know, they were probably more willing to part with a prospect until that money was, was put into play there. I think that if there's one team that can help Lazardo kind of get it going again, and we saw flashes. I mean, his last start of the year was, was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, his stuff is, is otherworldly. If he can even just have fringe average command, we're talking about a, a lights out, lights out, middle of the rotation type of guy, worst case scenario, lights out bullpen arm that's going to throw 100 miles an hour. So I, I like the pickup. And again, he's a hometown kid too. I think all of those things are going to work in his favor. I've, I'm lucky enough to know him personally, at least pretty well and hard worker, good dude. I think that's the kind of guy you want to have in the org. And if the Marlins develop him, it makes you a little bit more okay with trading the Jake Eaters of the world and, and some of the other left-handers that they might have in the system, yeah. uh, the Dax Fultons even, um, where you know you could put together a deal and you know that you have a Lizardo development project is, and, and more lefties still in the fold. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It hurts to trade Marte, but we got to look at that deal in a vacuum. It was a good deal given the circumstances. Completely agree. All right, guys, we are going to have to hit the pause button there. This conversation with Aram Layden will continue tomorrow. It's a two-part conversation. The boys got way too keen, way too deep. So join us again tomorrow on Friday for the rest of this stunning conversation with OG Aram Layden. This is Peter Pratt signing out on Thursday's episode of Locked on Marlins. 
thank you for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. If you are looking for your second listen, head on over to Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. We'll see you again tomorrow. Enjoy the end of this wonderful conversation with Aaron. 